the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. Man, I'm fired up every time I get to talk to somebody and... I'm really fired up today. We're talking to Dr. Craig Keener. Before I start introducing him, I want to just say this. What we're going to focus on today is Miracles Today, his book that is going to inspire and encourage you. You can get it on Amazon. I'm sure you can get it a bunch of places, but you can get your copy right now and be ready to be inspired and encouraged and blessed Um, It's going to build your faith up. If you just have an open heart and open Bible, it's going to bless you. I just love it. But uh, I want to say hi to Dr. Keener and then give you a little bit of background, which makes this book even better because of who he is and the scholar that he is. So let's say hi to Dr. Keener first. How are you doing today, Dr. Keener? I'm doing great, Steve. Great Great to talk with you. Just call me Craig. Craig, okay, all right, man, all right. I will, I will try. It might slip out the other way sometimes, Doctor Keener, but uh, I'm going to try to call you Craig. And uh, thank you so much for just. You don't really have time, but somehow you have made time for this, and that's just a great blessing to me and the people that hear and watch. It's a privilege for me to be with you. Well, we'll find out if you say that at the end. I don't know. You know, <laughs> no, I really appreciate. First of all, before I get into the scholastic, amazing um, background and bio of Craig Keener, Dr. Keener, um, one of the things I really enjoy on his website, craigkeener.com or .org. It's .com, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Is uh, going there and discovering that he uh, does cartoons, which uh, are really fun. I really love them, uh, and I just I just love any professor that would take time just to you know write you know do cartoons, draw them himself, and uh, they're just they're really fun. And then on your website, you have so many resources and short videos and opportunities for people to learn. I'm really excited. I've started watching some of them, and I'm I'm excited to get to watch more and more. So just thank you for those resources that you're putting out there for people. Thanks so much. The cartoons are when I've been working too much and my brain is pretty well starting, starting into the brain damage mode. I need, I need something to just chill out. So, (laughs) so how often do you get just ideas for your cartoons? And I mean, are you sitting in seminars or teaching or when do they come? Oh, when I'm teaching, I can't write them down. I just I just jot down the I can't do them in the shower either, but that's usually when they come. But uh, but I'll jot them down when when I think of them, and then when I get when I get some free time on um, you know my day off, I, I do take a Sabbath each week. Good. Or uh, just when I'm like uh, I can't think anymore and I can't sleep yet, so I'll yeah. just I'll sit there and draw some of the the ones that I've jotted down. That's great. So you don't, you're not putting all of them up there then you're, 
are you putting all of them pretty much up there? Uh, you mean putting up all the cartoons? Your, all the cartoons, or did sometimes do you write them and like, ah, I'm, I'm not going to put that one up, or do they all make it oh. up pretty much? <clears throat> no, I, I I jot down the the ideas, but then okay. to actually sit down and draw them, uh, I don't do that as soon as the idea comes to me. Okay. Or sometimes I, I look at the idea and I'm like, mm, what was I thinking then? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. I want to get get through um, trying to explain for people who don't know you. Uh, just your background is amazing. And I don't even know. I have your Asbury Seminary um, bio, and I just feel like it's not even completely update updated because it says you've authored 28 books. And I feel like somewhere else I saw it's well in the 30s yeah. now. So I think I saw, I don't know, I wrote it down somewhere 35 or something crazy. Uh, a lot of books. 34. 34, okay. Uh, 35 six, is going to take me a while to finish. <laughs> it is? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on 35. It's going to take a while. <laughs> okay, why is that? What is that? It's a big Mark commentary. Um, like my Axe commentary took 10 years. The, the big Axe commentary, not the shorter one. Right. So this this one is taking a few years as well. Okay. What do we have kind of a idea of when it might be published or no, it'll probably be finished in a couple of years. It'll probably be three volumes, but I'm really, uh, I, di- I didn't realize there was that much there, but there's so much as I'm digging in, there's just okay. so much background and oh, Mark is brilliant. Uh, he, he really is. Yeah. <laughs> I've just started uh, as I'm, I'm reading, rereading through the New Testament, and so I did the Gospel of Matthew, and I did it through just a couple of times, writing a lot of notes. And right now, I'm in the Gospel of Mark, and it's I've got I've got questions for you. I could ask you about that. Not I mean I'm not planning on it, but I was like, man, what is Mark doing here with this? And then seeing him bring some just kind of random sort of things together. You know, he'll mention a couple of times that it was so crazy, so busy that they didn't have time to eat. And he mentions it twice. I'm like, this is my kind of guy. He's concerned about getting his meals. So um, I love it. And there's one other thing, I'm just going to mention it in case somehow at the end we get through it. There's a couple of chapters early where the, the word that just keeps coming up to me the second time through is beg, like they're begging Jesus, uh, whether it's the demons begging Jesus to send them into the pigs or the people begging him to leave. And then there's exactly. just, it just seems to come up. I don't, I don't remember how many times, but like five or six times. Those are both in the same passage, uh, 5, 1 through 20, where um, it is it is, uh, it is fascinating, though, the, the, the interplay of those. And, I mean, it's not the only place in Mark that that occurs, but those two occur so close to each other, it's clear that it's playing on on that. that people don't know what they're doing when they ask him to leave. Uh, right. The demons want to stay, and the people want Jesus to leave, and Jesus is the one who really can help them. But yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And then and he, the man, the man who's been delivered, he begs Jesus to go with him. Exactly. But Jesus has a mission for him, a different mission. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I've got my New Testament right here and it's just, there's, there's so many. And then it just seemed to continue another two or three. And I would have to go back and just, you know, look at the inner linear just to make sure, okay, it says implore, but is it really the same word as beg? And it is. And, uh, it's just crazy. So there's, there's so much, so much there. So, um, I will, uh, I will make every attempt to read however many pages that you crank out of the Gospel of Mark. No promises. Um, I was not a 
an A student in seminary, so don't don't hold me to it. Uh, but uh, but I'm I'm very excited for that. So uh, man, that's cool. I did not realize you were working on that uh, presently. Wow, that's exciting. All right, your Acts volume, just for example, how many pages is your your four volume Acts commentary? It's about forty five hundred pages. Oh my! God. Yeah, it's a, that's where it took ten years. Uh, but <clears throat> I mean, it's not. I'm not, I'm not trying to just be wordy. It's it's. I went through. I I, I think I cite over forty, forty five thousand extra biblical references from ancient sources to try to shed light on the background of what was going on. Um, wow. But I do have it condensed into one shorter volume with Cambridge University Press, and okay. that one's yeah, that one's actually in paperback. It's actually even affordable. <laughs> Okay, well, this uh, this guy will probably be getting that one. So, uh, <laughs> and I really, you know, we're going to talk about miracles today, but I just want to establish for people, you know, even just going back to uh, the IVP Bible background commentary um, that has uh, over half a million copies, including editions in several languages, more than 50,000 copies in Korean. And this is, like I said, this bio is a few years old, I bet. So since we're up to 34 books, and at the time it said six of your books have been uh, had awards in Christianity, Christianity Today, the NIV Cultural Background Study Bible that you've written. So again, and you've won numerous, numerous awards and so many commentaries you are. I just want to establish for people outside of the, the realm of uh, theology and and all that stuff. Just that, man. You are a you are a, an expert in the Bible, in the New Testament, whatever you want to get it down to. I mean, to write commentaries on all these different books um, is just amazing. I've just barely touched on anything um, out of this three page bio. And in addition to that, you're married. You've got to say your wife's name for me because I will not do it justice. What is your wife's name? Medine Musunga. Keener. I mean, I almost could say that. Medine Musunga? <laughs> Musunga? Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Yeah, you're giving me some grace there. And she also ho- holds a PhD from the University of Paris 7. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think and, it has a different name now, but it was, that's what it was. It was just called something bland, University <laughs> of Paris 7, back when she went there. I, I should qualify yeah. with a cultural background study Bible. I didn't write the Bible. I just wrote the uh, the New Testament notes. <laughs> John all. Walton and John Walton did the Old Testament notes. Okay. All right. Yeah. That the inspired is in part your... is is from other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That is in your bio. I failed to mention that, but uh, it's just amazing. So then it's just really fascinating with all your scholarly background and opening up the Bible and and writing so many so many words to help people understand the Bible and to teach the Bible and broke proclaim it, that then God has led you to write. And I'm not even talking about, and I've got it here, your scholarly, uh, you know, work for seminaries and and students, the two-volume book on miracles as well. Uh, what led you to write these books on miracles when you're, you know, you're such a scholar? I love it. One of the objections that people have given to the historical reliability of the Gospels and Acts. And actually, this was the original reason why people started uh, saying, well, this can't be actually coming from eyewitnesses, is because some of the critics were saying, well, you never have you never have any eyewitnesses who would claim anything like this. And I'm like, 
I know some. This yeah. is strange. They don't think, what world are they living in? So I, um, I mean, back when I was an atheist, I would have assumed the same thing. But I know so many people now who've, who've witnessed things like this. I've witnessed a few myself. So I was just looking around to to make a footnote for the Big Axe commentary I was working on, saying, actually, this objection is untenable because you've got plenty of people who claim to be eyewitnesses of these same kinds of of experiences. And so as I was looking around to document, you know, I was I was looking just for maybe a couple books, maybe a dissertation or something that would provide medical documentation for a lot of these or eyewitness documentation for a lot of these. And I kept finding things here and there uh, before I found those, you know, <laughs> those more um, detailed, lengthy ones. And finally, you know, after the footnote got to be about 200 pages, we said, okay, this needs to be a separate book. Wow. And and finally, uh, it it was like 1,100 pages. But for that, I had to go into philosophy of science, philosophy of history, um, anthropology, and a lot of other areas. So I had to bone up on those kind of areas to be able to, to do it. So that's why the big scholarly book was was first. And and then the uh, Miracles Today is the more readable, accessible one, because people online were saying, oh, this 1,100-page book is great. Or they were saying, this 1,100-page book is terrible. As I would, as I would read the what their comments, it was like, they haven't read it. Oh no! Either, either either side, but well, it's eleven hundred pages. Okay, so finally, I said, let's do a shorter, more accessible one. Doesn't have all the you know philosophic introduction dealing with David Hume and you know all the objections and so on. But just um, it's also more up to date because there's been more there've been more medical studies published and and so forth. Right. I, well, I I love it, and I want to tell you that. Um... You know, as I've been reading and I just finished today, I sent you a picture of me from the Chick-fil-A just uh, finishing it up. And um, it is, in a sense, it is overwhelming all the examples and stories of these miracles. And I want people to understand these are documented. Uh, and if they're not documented, if you're sharing a secondhand story from family or whatever, you let people know, but these are documented miracles. And often, you know, you use doctors, I think to help overcome the bias of people who think, mm -hmm. Oh, or whatever. And you have examples from all over the world, not just Africa and Asia, but also in America. And at times, uh, I mean, one time yesterday, I just had to take a break because the stories are so powerful to me. And but also at the same time, I'm entering the story and, and you know, hearing these devastating things that are presenting these circumstances so that God can do a supernatural work and miracle that I just had to, like, take a step back because I it was becoming so emotional. I was I was crying, you know, with just some of the way God's power and God's love and just some of the things that you say. I just also I'm jumping ahead, but just want to say for for people who may may have been burned in the past by uh, the church's teaching on miracles of uh, being so pro about it that they lose sight of uh, just the biblical you know, wisdom that God presents, that you do a great job. This is such a, a good presentation of tons and tons of documented miracles, but also uh, biblical balanced understanding and just that, hey, God is not going to do this every time, but God does do it some of the time. Yeah. 
So talk to me, you know, you do such a great job. It's just chapter after chapter, you know, one of the things that, uh, I, as so much stood out, it, it became hard. I've got notes all over the place and I probably won't even get on them. So, um, but, uh, you talk about how, of course, from the scriptures, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so then I think you set out some of the miracles that we find in the Bible that, uh, I think most Christians get that that happened, even if they have a bias against them happening today. And then you lay out, you know, several examples of how they have happened today. Is there one, I mean, for me, uh, you know, I, I'm reading hundreds of miracles, and it was hard for me to even catalog them in my brain, like this story, that story, because they're all so powerful. But if there's a miracle that kind of pops in your head, uh, what what do you start to share? Usually, if I'm just talking with somebody, like, personally, yeah, I, I share the one that really got my attention most. Um, it, it was well after the footnote was underway, but it was... When uh, my wife and I went back to visit her country in in Central Africa, and I was interviewing Antoinette Malambe. Uh, Antoinette, I, I'd heard the story before, but I hadn't, you know, had opportunity to interview the the witness or witnesses. So she told me about her daughter Therese when she was two years old. She cried out that she was bitten by a snake. Her mother got to her, found her not not breathing. There was no medical help available in the village. <clears throat> of course, she would have gone to that if that were available. But she yeah. strapped the child to her back, ran to a nearby village where family friend Coco Ungoma Moise was doing ministry. He prayed for the child. The child started breathing again. The next day, she was fine. Wow. So I asked Antoinette Malambe, how long was it that Therese wasn't breathing? And, you know, of course, this is, you know, as far as you can tell, it's not like they had you know, detailed medical instruments or something. Right. Um, but she, she had to stop and think to get from one village to the next. Cause I don't think she even understood why I was asking this Yeah. But to get from one village to the next. She said, Hmm, that would have been about three hours. Now, six minutes with no brain damage, irre- or sorry, six minutes with no respiration, yeah. no, no oxygen, irreparable brain damage starts in. Yeah. But Therese has no brain damage. She's about my age. She finished a master's degree in seminary. Uh, she just recently retired. And the thing that really got my attention, because I have some more dramatic stories than that, and some that are, you know, well documented with, you know, because yeah. there you couldn't you couldn't have the medical documentation. But right. what got my attention is that Antoinette Malambe was my mother-in-law and mm. Therese is my sister-in-law. And not to doubt one's mother-in-law, but we did uh, we did check with Coco Moise, who was the witness. <laughs> of course, Therese was two years old. She doesn't remember, but Coco Moise, and he confirmed the story. Yeah, this this is amazing, and there's just story after story. I wanted to ask you, even though we're veering a little bit away from some of these miracles, I wanted to ask, at the end of the book, you talk about some of the ways that God has worked in your life, which, again, is a little bit different from I want people to understand that so many of these miracles are are documented. But, uh, man, I would love for you to talk to us about some of the miracles that you saw in your own life. Sure. Now, these aren't on the scale of some of the ones that I try to, like the raisings or the, you know, the blindness healed. We have medically documented cases. I haven't witnessed it. So this is not something in my own section, (laughs) but 
but there are things that certainly made all this quite plausible to me. I mean, from the from my conversion on. I mean, my my conversion. Uh, well, that's always a, a miracle when you know Absolutely. the Lord breaks through in our life. And I was uh, I was an atheist, and then some people witnessed to me on the street. They argued with them for forty five minutes. Walked home so convicted by the Holy Spirit after I dissed them, you know, and I and I've been making fun of Christians so long. I mean, you have nice atheists and you have mean atheists. I was one of the mean ones, but you know, later that you know, like forty five minutes, an hour later, I was converted. Wow! By, by an encounter wow. with the Holy Spirit. So and and I had to eat crow because I had to go back and apologize to all these Christians I've been making fun of, but. At what age was that at, Craig? I, I was 15 at that point. 15. So, so pe- I, pe- people think uh, you can't be very, you can't really know what you're doing at 15, but that's not always true. Right. Um, I, I, it was, I'd been an atheist since I was at least nine, and, and it was reading Plato at age 13 that started giving me some cracks in that just because he was asking questions about the immortality of the soul. And I didn't like, I didn't think his answers were well argued, but I also, <laughs> I also didn't. I also thought it was a good question he was asking. So, um, wow, it got my attention to to start saying, even though I was an atheist, if there is a God, would you please show me? Which is pretty pretty wise place to start if you're an atheist. You know, you might want to <laughs> <laughs> at least ask. You know, just doesn't hurt, right? So, right. Anyway, God is God is merciful, but um, in terms of witnessing dramatic things. I mean, yeah. um, there was one time when I was first uh, a professor at a seminary, we uh, we were attached to a, a campus, a college campus right next to us. And so we were going to do an outreach on the campus that day. Some, some undergraduates from that campus and from another campus had come to visit, yeah. but it was pouring down rain all day. And, you know, obviously we hadn't known that when, when it was scheduled, uh, there was supposed to be a parade in the campus, but they were in the midst of canceling the parade because of the rain. Yeah. And, and so a sophomore biology major from the other campus said, well, let's pray. And so we all joined hands. We prayed. And no sooner had we said, amen. And it was like a few more drops came down. Sun came out within a few minutes. I mean, the rain stopped right away. The sun came out within a few minutes. Didn't rain again the rest of the day. Wow. So, I mean, the stilling of storms, that's not the only one I've seen, but that's the most, uh, that's the one that's the most fun to talk about. And then there were one that I saw when I was a really young Christian. Yeah. So I'd recently been converted from atheism, like maybe two years before this or so. And I'm still like, okay, I know God is real. I know God can, can act in our lives, but I, I really was kind of, nervous about the idea of something visible happening. Although I'd seen some things that was like, I was trying to, you know, figure out another explanation. So I'm helping at this nursing home Bible study. And the leader of the Bible study was a a seminarian from Fuller Seminary. And he was, and there was also this lady named Barbara who came every week. And every week she would say, I wish I could walk. I wish I could walk. And one week he said, I'm tired of this. And he walked over to her and grabbed her by the hand and lifted her from a wheelchair. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> if faith is a bias, I can't be accused of it. You know, don't do this. 
unless you're absolutely sure God is leading you, because I thought she was going to fall on the floor. Right. And the expression on her face, I think she thought she was going to fall flat on the floor, too. But instead, he walked her around the room, to, you know, with just one hand in her hand. And she was just looking amazed. But from then on, she would come to Bible study walking, saying, I love my Bible study. I love my Bible study. Yeah. So, and, and But then there are things in my life, you know, they wouldn't, they're not the kind of things I, I mostly put in the book. But, yeah. you know, the, the day before I was going to call Duke University and tell them I couldn't come to do my PhD there because I only had the dollar, right? <laughs> right. I mean, you, you literally were down to one dollar is what it sounded like. Well, eh, pretty close. the week before it was down to a dollar, then I think okay. it was, um, I might have had, I might have found a way to earn a couple extra, but I mean, it was, okay. <laughs> you know, basically there was no way. And so the, uh, I, I, I got a phone call and my, my, my tuition was, was covered. Not, not by this, not by the school, but by a relative who just thought they should help. A relative who was not even a Christian, but wow. you know, I hadn't asked for the help. I hadn't told them that I wasn't going to go because they didn't have the money. They just, anyway. Um, I love it. And then, and then, uh, right after I, I graduated and I was looking for a teaching position and I didn't have one yet. Yeah. And I was, um, praying and you have all these stories of people with great faith, you know. Yeah. That wasn't my case. Okay. <laughs> this is just my gracious father taking care of, of me and yeah. his calling for me. I've got good news for you. KSLR AM 630 The Word listeners come back next week to hear part two of my interview with Dr. Craig Keener on Miracles Today. There are many more testimonies you are going to want to hear. So for now, I want to remind you what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 3.12. He said, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.